During last Monday's episode of the Sojournal podcast, we were blessed to be joined by Patrick and Kristen Rieke. Patrick and Kristen work in a hospital setting where they do chaplaincy-type services for those who are grieving, dying, sick, and uh, for the families as well. And during our recent conversation, I asked Patrick and Kristen about the books that they had published. Kristen being the primary author of a book related to child loss, and then Patrick writing several books related to chaplaincy and how to be an encouragement to those who are going through end-of-life circumstances. If you enjoyed the original episode, I encourage you to listen to this snippet 10-minute episode that was extracted from the full episode that we published on Monday. If you want to know more about Patrick's books, you can go to Amazon.com and look up Patrick Rieke, R-I-E-C-K-E, or you can go to Patrick's website, patrickreeke.com or speakerpatrick.com. Here's Patrick and Kristen talking about the books they've published. We have chosen to, to comfort others with the comfort that we receive, right? Mm. That's, that's sort of a, that's right. It's a biblical <laughs> principle for sure. And it's something that others have done for us. And so we want to do for others. Uh, we did. We wrote a book called No Matter How Small, Understanding Miscarriage and Stillbirth. And we released that in 2020 on Stephen's due date, what would have been the time that he would have joined our family. Mm. Um, and it, it is really just an overflow of our experience. And, you know, 20 years ago when Stephen died, uh, first of all, the Internet really wasn't even hardly a thing yet. <laughs> I tell young moms that and they're like, what? <laughs> um <laughs> And we searched or I searched for, you know, anything I could get my hands on. There were a few books on pregnancy that had a chapter or maybe even a paragraph about miscarriage or stillbirth, but it was still something that was taboo and not talked about very much at all. And many of those women, as we found out over the years, as we continue to share our story, talk about their experiences and they are, uh, they suffered in silence. Mm. and in isolation. And I don't believe that that's what's best for the trajectory of healing for any person. And so we really just want to continue to bring awareness and conversation around death and dying. And really that's at all ages. And Patrick can talk more about some of his resources, but no matter how small is specific to pregnancy and infant loss, just opening up the door for conversation. The book is written um, twofold to help those who've experienced it feel less alone and to gain some information that might be helpful in their healing journey. And also to help those who love those people and who want to help those people, because it's one of those situations in life where you feel ill-equipped if you yourself have not gone through it and you feel like you don't have a voice or ways that you can serve and love and help. But there are ways with some education and with some information you can come alongside these people that that are suffering in this situation and support them. Mm. So a quick follow-up question before we get to the others. Have you heard stories of people who have been impacted saying thank you for the information you presented? Yes, very often. It's really humbling. And I think most people that have lost a loved one would say they just don't want their memory. They just don't want that life to be forgotten. And, you know, though... We know that Stephen uh, had a purpose in um, his brief life. Uh, even here now, 20 plus years later, his life is still impacting people. And um, so, yes, we do. Uh, just recently, last week, I stepped onto the floor to serve a grieving family. 
And several nurses that I didn't even know were like, oh, we gave your book to a care tech because she's had some pregnancy loss and we just thought it would really be meaningful for her. And thank you so much. And I didn't know these women, you know, and, and you can hop on Amazon, check out some of the reviews. Sometimes when I'm discouraged, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hop on Amazon and read through some of the reviews and yeah, just hearing the sweetest thing for me to hear when someone reads our book is this, this book helped me feel seen and not so alone. Mm. Wow. That's really the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Mm, good stuff. So tell me about the other books in the Reiki collection. <laughs> <laughs> it is a growing collection, although I have to admit I'm not working on anything right now. So maybe it's not growing in the moment. Um, the most popular resource, so even more than no matter how small is my first book, which I don't necessarily think is the best of, of what we've written, but it seems to be the most useful. So that was called How to Talk with Sick, Dying, and Grieving People when there's no magic words to say. So it's a very basic sort of how to um, of how to how to do that. This is not very self-promoting, but I think every pastor ought to, ought to read that book because it it takes not only from the practicalities, but also from the faith standpoint, you know, of where people are with their faith and how they're going to respond and react when we walk into those situations. You know, I've watched so many, and I and I was this pastor 20 years ago when I was that new youth pastor going into situations of uh, hospital visits and uh, grief encounters and funerals and that sort of thing. And it felt like, I, I really don't know what I'm doing here. This is a different context than everything else I'm doing with ministry. And now watching other pastors walk into, the, into hospital rooms in our facilities, you know, we serve um, nine different hospitals here in Northeast Indiana and, and coming alongside local pastors who just don't feel like they're equipped, you know, to, to go into those situations. Um, so the how to talk with sick dying grieving people really walks, especially people of faith through how are people going to respond at these different phases? You know, it's, it's a different, it's a different place to be that person who maybe I've just been diagnosed with cancer and I'm going to get some treatment. And I think I'm going to overcome this. That that's a different impact for your faith than when the doctor said, Hey, there's nothing more we can do. And, you know, we're going to go ahead and stop the treatment. We're going to talk about hospice or for that loved one after that person has passed away. It's just the conversation changes at each of those different phases. We're really well equipped for what, what I call phase one, which is like that, that new, um, you know, think about us when we just graduate from Bible college and the whole world's before us. And then phase two is most of our lives where it's just like every day has its battles and every day has its obstacles. And we're here to overcome those with God's help. And then phase three is like, well, I'm not going to overcome that obstacle anymore. You know, once Stephen had died, mm. it's not, a, it's not no longer about overcoming. You don't get over that or get past that or triumph over it with God's help. You start to integrate. What does this mean, you know, for me, not the reason why it happened, but how can I draw meaning out of this? And, and that's just a, that slice, that third slice of our life. Hopefully most of us have very little experience with it. And, but what that little experience translates into it for those of us who are helpers, you know, social workers, chaplains, pastors, um, is that we don't necessarily have the tools. And so that, that resource is really there to provide those tools. Mm, excellent. Well, what are the other books? So the second one then in the in the nonfiction series is How to Find Meaning in Your Life Before It Ends. Um, and mm-hmm. it goes through three different pathways to find meaning, some really specific 101 different ways to find meaning in your life. Highly recommend it for people who work in hospice or something like that. 
And then we just this year started releasing fiction books because that's a lot of fun. Um, so <laughs> the fiction books also are grief themed, though, in every situation, every story. Um, there's somebody who's recovering, you know, from something that's happened or they're facing it themselves and how they're finding meaning in, in that situation. So I'm a weirdo because when I reread these stories that I've written, I cry. So if, if I cry when I'm reading my own stories, I hope that it has <laughs> a similar impact for other people. Uh-huh. You know, it's definitely a carry a box of Kleenex while you're listening to the audio or, or reading through the story. But we, we think that that help, that's going to help with the conversation too, of like, because we, you know, we, we don't interact with these situations a lot, maybe to interact with them in a fictional sense is going to be helpful. I've I found that recently. That's very interesting how uh, a, a story, a, a, communicating a lesson or or whatever through story, um, how that just puts a whole new spin on things. I, just in the last well, couple of months, I, I've read a lot of Patrick Lencioni, and that's kind of what he does is he tells a story that he's trying to get you to understand something deeper about business or whatever it is. Uh, I so feel like Jesus is a master storyteller. Yeah, it's, right. It really, you know, he just so so much behind his words and the things that he shares with us. And, you know, stories, too, can help people. Like Patrick mentioned, you know, when it's not r- right in this moment, and then you, you remember that it stays with you. And mm. then later when you face something, um, you can you know, harken back to that. All six of the uh, fiction works can be found in one book called Love Persevering. And for any of you uh, Marvel fans out there, uh, that's that's a quote from WandaVision. Um, <laughs> when Vision tells Wanda, you know, what is grief but love persevering? And so that's kind of where we pulled that from. <laughs> that's interesting. So I didn't realize it was a compilation now. So all of those books sound really neat, each having kind of a different a different value to people based on what they're experiencing in life. So if they're interested in getting a hold of you know, either the no, no matter how small or how to talk to grieving, hurting, dying people. I don't remember the exact title, but uh, if they're interested in those books or the compilation or whatever, where do they need to go to find them? Yeah, Amazon's the easiest place to find the books. If you uh, search our name, R I E C K E, wait, we have to do a little rhyme there. Remember how that's spelled R I E C K E, or some of the only rekeys that have books on, on there, and you'll find those really easy. Uh, more information about what I do, especially with speaking, is at patrickreakey.com or an easier easier website to spell speakerpatrick.com uh, for my speaking speaking opportunities. The Sojournal Podcast is a production of the Alumni Relations Office at Johnson University. Edited by Sam Cunningham. Podcast graphics by Rachel Woolard. Music by Loyal Love. Tune in to other Sojournal podcasts dropping each Monday on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening.